Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson. In this episode, I am talking to Dr. Emma Soudan about heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. Emma is a research associate at the NIHR School for Primary Care Research, Centre for Primary Care and Health Services Research at the University of Manchester. The title of the paper is Understanding the Management of Heart Failure with Preserved Ejection Fraction, a Qualitative Multi-Perspective Study. So, first of all, I asked Emma to tell us a little bit more about heart failure with preserved ejection fraction and what it is. So, I mean, the current system used to determine heart failure, there's sort of two types of heart failure. Heart failure with reduced ejection fraction and those with heart failure with um, preserved ejection fraction. And in the sort of clinical field, it's often abbreviated to HEF-PEF. Um, so rather than a problem with the heart contracting, people with HEF-PEF have a problem with their heart relaxing because the heart is stiffer. Um, so despite this type of heart failure being identified some time ago, really, um, acceptance as a sort of clinical entity has been somewhat controversial and sort of challenging. And it's only really recently uh, that it's been convincingly accepted as a condition in its own right. Um, and this type of heart failure occurs in people who are older with, long, with other long-term conditions, such as type 2 diabetes or hypertension. And it currently accounts for approximately half the people living with heart failure, but it frequently goes undiagnosed. And we also know that HEF-PEF is increasing in prevalence and it's actually been described in the literature as an emerging epidemic, yet the evidence-based treatments are limited. So this is where our sort of research comes in. There's a real pressing need to understand how to optimise the management of this growing population who actually experience the same debilitating, sorry, debilitating symptoms of other types of heart failure. Yeah, so just as unpleasant to have for the people that have it, though there is a bit of a lack of evidence-based treatments and there, there is for um, heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. The one thing to just touch on quickly before we go on to your research is that there's an important point there, and this does come into your research a little, that there has been some professional scepticism about this as a disorder in the past. Yes, there has. And this actually was an important finding in our, in our um, data, although we didn't actually come across individuals who were sceptical themselves. I think a lot of people were quite research active and into finding out about HEFPEF. The, the practitioners in our field were aware that clinical um, scepticism was evident. And there are still cardiologists out there who don't believe it is a clinical entity in itself. But the evidence now is robust. We know that there is evidence to say this condition is a real condition. Yes, it's heterogeneous. There might be various um, causes to this condition, but it's a real condition with real symptoms. Yeah. So let's move on to your research now. Tell us a little bit about what you did in your research. So this piece of research involved a large multi-sided multi-perspective study where we aim to understand how we can better care for people living with this type of heart failure. So we wanted to learn from people with lived experiencing lived experiences of managing this condition. So we needed to talk to people who are actually currently living with this condition and clinicians involved in supporting these individuals. And we know from the NICE guidelines that heart failure should be integrated across primary and specialist providers. So we wanted to talk to both clinicians from secondary and primary care and individuals, hence the multi-perspective element of our study. So we ended up talking to 50 people living with this condition and nine carers and 73 clinicians. So it's a large piece of qualitative work. In fact, it's the largest study I've ever been involved in. 
And these participants were recruited from 26 GP, GP practices, nine hospital trusts across the east of England, Greater Manchester and the West Midlands. And we analysed the data using framework analysis to identify key overarching barriers to care. And then we applied normalisation process theory to understand more about how these barriers could inform intervention development. Yeah, the, um, the numbers caught my eye as a qualitative study. They are, um, you know, qualitative research isn't necessarily about big numbers, of course, but you did interview a lot of people in this particular study. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what the findings were, Emma. Well, we, we, yes, it was important actually to capture uh, quite a large data set because we wanted to capture, capture the variability really across regions, see what was going on across regions. So that was quite important. And also because of the three sub subgroups, it, it became quite a large sample. But we had a large experienced team involved in our analysis. And we used framework analysis to triangulate our findings across these different perspectives. And what we did for this paper, we identified the key overarching tensions which had the potential to act as barriers to optimal care. And these tensions were captured by three overarching themes, which we termed diagnostic difficulty, unclear illness perceptions and management disparity. I think the, um, the diagnostic difficulty is one that many GPs will have wrestled with. Why don't talk a little bit about that first, if you can, Emma. Right, yes. So, I mean, during one of our um, analysis meetings, we came up with this term sort of called the HEFPEF maze, which really captures the complexities of reaching a timely, accurate diagnosis for, the, for this condition. Uh, patients and clinicians spoke about a convoluted route to diagnosis, which may involve several hospital admissions, multiple clinic, clinic visits, and a pathway which we felt contrasted with the more linear pathway to diagnosis typically highlighted in sort of heart failure guide, guidelines. And patients and clinicians themselves were frustrated and concerned, um, you know, during these delays in which health typically deteriorated. Um, so confusion was also conveyed by patients and clinicians around the so-called normal echo, which is quite interesting. Um, an echo is an important component of the diagnostic process, but it's definitely more challenging to read in um, HEFPEF and requires specialist review because often the ejection fraction appears normal and can confuse diagnosis. And even parents and patients themselves said, well, my, my echo was normal, but we're not sure what, you know, what's going on. Um, the diagnosis was also complicated by multimorbidity, uh, multifactorial breathlessness and non-specific symptoms. And also there was a, quite a bit of variability in referral pathways. Not all pathways involve specialist review and cardiologists were quite concerned about this with sort of the local provision of echoes where it didn't necessarily go for specialist review. Yeah, so difficult diagnostic processes for everybody. And um, as you mentioned, they are tending to be older patients with multimorbidity anyway, who are affected by HEF-PEF. You also, one of the, the second theme was that you noted um, unclear illness perceptions and the public, you know, as well as healthcare professionals, to some extent as well, they don't really know terribly much about HEFPEF, do they? No, no, they don't. It is a, it is a term that's got evolving labels, which I think adds, adds confusion to the context of HEFPEF. But many primary care clinicians did express a need for more knowledge and understanding of this condition. And as I've said earlier, um, specialists were aware of professional scepticism um, within the sort of um, heart failure specialists. And this is captured really by a quote by a cardiologist who states, there are people in the heart failure world still that don't believe it's a diagnosis. 
and few patients had received a specific diagnosis of HEFPEF, and many patients had partial or incomplete knowledge of the condition. Yet many patients wanted to know more, and patients who had clear understanding of the condition were relieved to understand, you know, why they were experiencing these quite frightening um, symptoms. Mm. Um, and the final theme was management disparity. So there's a lot of variability in the way that services are being provided. Yes, there's a lot of variability across general heart failure service, specialist services. And this was complicated further by some heart failure services being unable to accept these patients. A situation which one cardiologist described as discrimination on the basis of ejection fraction, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, so systems of care in both primary and secondary care seem more attuned towards HEFPEF at heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, where disease-modifying drugs are more available. Um, there was also a lack of re recognition that you don't treat all heart failure the same. So a lot of GPs were uncertain, so they were just treating all the different types of heart failure in the same way. Um, and across account, there was a sense of clinical inertia owing to the lack of disease-modifying drugs um, for this type of heart failure. Um, and details of specific sort of self-management support strategies were infrequent, which was surprising as it's viewed as a key component of heart failure management. Um, but I mean, self-management self is dependent on individuals having knowledge of the condition. And as we know, not many patients knew they had this condition. Um, and also that in order to manage this, this condition, we need access to appropriate services. So both of which were very variable uh, within our data. Yeah. Um, so clearly a really important condition that's being undermanaged in a range of ways at the moment. If you could summarise your research, and I realise there was a lot going on here and it was a big qualitative study. Can you perhaps put it into a few words, Emma? Well, I think our research showed the potential barri barriers to the optimal care, optimal management of HEFPEF appeared to stem from a lack of coherence surrounding this condition, which was sort of, we came to this conclusion through our evaluation using MPT. And it's clear that we need to talk about HEFPEF, both with patients and across primary and specialist services to promote coherence around this condition in order to develop an improved model of care. So let's get talking. We need to talk more about HEFPEF with everyone. Emma, that's tremendously clear. It's tremendously important. And thank you very much for taking the time today. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again. <laughs>